It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How you guys doing? Welcome to the Neutral Zone. We got Tank from BIC here today, and we also got Carlos, and we're waiting for Danny Dilo. No. But we'll... <laughs> Whataburger. He, he, he over here interrupted my introduction already. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about how bikers always protect the weak, and I want to do kind of a human interest type of conversation meaning i already know we all love bikes i know we have the attitudes but i want to take it to the person on a personal type of level of why bikers are really special when it comes to helping people helping kids we got many organizations that do that type of stuff uh tank uh, his club does the same thing every year. They are real huge into community service. So that's what the show is going to be about today is that type of deal. Uh, but first, I have to, uh, from Insane Throttle, we have to send our condolences out to Tank Dirty BIC on the loss of Pops. He was there when I did a podcast with them and he was just such an awesome guy old school uh we're losing all the good ones is what i can say man we're losing all the good ones uh but anyway let's bring everybody in uh you know hey danny man you start swearing i'm gonna get the freaking soap out anyway <laughs> i ain't got tank. nothing to say then tank we're yeah. real sorry for your loss, man. We really are. If you can tell everybody a little bit about him, and he was old school. Pops was. He was an old school biker, uh, man. I mean, he was, you know, been on the club scene for 40, 50 years, came out of the Chicago set, you know, back in the day. Uh, he was a Hell's Henchman, you know, one of the original back there in the, in Chicago back in the day. Uh, God, you know, I, I've know, I know him longer than I know anybody in the club. Uh, he was just, uh, you know, a heart bigger than him, and he wasn't that big, you know. But uh, he had a real, real, a big heart on him. He just, he always had a joke of the day. You know, he uh, he could always make you smile. And he was in a pissed off mood, that guy would make you smile. And he was one of those that he could just, uh, he'd steal a woman's heart. Anybody he talked to. He came down here and visited me in Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm a house down here in Florida is in a 55-plus community. And he's walking around my street talking to some of the old senior citizens there and getting them to chuckle and titter. Hey, Pops is a guy that's got, you know, good and bad tattoos all up and down his arms. And, you know, he lived and looked the part. And uh, he could just, uh, 
he just you know, made people warm up to him. You know, he was uh, one of the hardest riding guys I know. Uh, but I tell you what, he fell and hit his head, you know, more times than, <laughs> than I can remember. But uh, just a genuine, one of a kind individual man. The club's uh, kind of reeling right now. He'd been fighting an illness for about a year, a little more than that. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of expected. He had lived a lot longer than a lot of people had thought. But still, when you lose one of the good ones like that, it really hits home. Uh, it really, it's, it's really You know, that brings. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm to, sorry for your loss, Tank. I didn't know thanks that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, That Charles. brings me to the conversation at hand. And you said it yourself just now about Pops, that he had a heart bigger than himself. What do you think sets us apart from the regular citizenship as motorcycle enthusiasts, bikers, whatever you want to call us? What sets us apart? How how did you form that special connection with helping out those that are weaker, that might have been bullied? Hey, I can say we can all go back to high school, and I probably can guarantee we were the ones that told the bullies, "Leave these kids, you know, leave this one alone." Yeah, I mean, I, I can go back to grade school and tell you stories about that. I was always that guy that. You know, the, the kid that was, you know, getting bullied on, you know, the one, you know, I'd be like, you know, take him aside, like, what the hell are you dressing like this for? Come on, you know, you're just going to invite it in there and, and bring it on. But I was always uh, the guy that was championing him, you know, that kid that's getting his books kicked out from underneath his arms, you know, and I was that one that was stepping in, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, a lot of the different crap that you see in school and some of the inner city stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, bikers, uh, they're not worried about the law so much as worried about what's right and wrong. And does that right and wrong, is it something instilled not only from the parents, but life experiences as you're growing up? I've known some of the pieces, biggest pieces of crap parents in the world that have raised some fantastic kids. I think it's uh, comes from the individual and it's based on your own moral character. Uh, you know, and in a lot of the life experiences that come at you and what's formed you and made you who you are, you know, what you choose to be. And, uh, you know, do you, do you choose to be a victim or do you cho to choose to uh, to rise above it? And a lot of bikers I know are like that. You know, they're they're not the victim. They refuse to play that. They're the ones who are going to stand up. You know, my wife cringes, man. You know, she will be in, you know, somebody will be in a you know, supermarket line or something and they're giving the, the, the cashier crap and. You know, and I'm like, you know, you know, the guy like, hey, man, why don't you shut up and leave her alone? You know, <laughs> she didn't do mm -hmm. none of this to you, you know, and then well, she's like, hon, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to say something. Well, that that is a perfect example. We don't care when we speak up. We speak up because most of the time we're right uh, when we do speak up. Why do you find others are kind of scared to do that. <clears throat> just me again? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm spending some time with you right now. Then we'll go to Danny, and then we'll go to Wild On. So what was the question again? Uh, why do you think others have that fear of standing up for themselves? They're weak. You know, mm -hmm. my, my dad was yeah. an easy man. He, he raised my, my, my older brother and I especially to be men first. 
And, uh, you know, he's, he started, he started instilling that from, you know, from as early as I can remember. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, my, my dad wasn't the best dad, but he wasn't the worst either. And he had a hard time, uh, living by his own words sometimes, but boy, you could certainly live by his example that he set, uh, you know, and, and, and the type of person that he was. And so he always told me being a Navy man, you know, son, you got, you've got to learn to stand tall before the man. And so when you, when you've done something, you own up to it. When, when it, you know, it's your time to take responsibility, you do it. When, uh, when it's your time to be in trouble, well, you stand there and you take it, you know, you don't lie. you be a man first. And there's a lot of guys out there that don't want to be a man. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we all see him in the, in the minivan, you know, that guy in the minivan, a little SUV looking across at you in traffic as you're sitting out there on your machine, you know, and he's just wishing he could be you. You know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. There's personal, all in the minivan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Accepting personal responsibility is huge. Do you find it now, especially in modern times, that's something that's lost on a lot of people? Boy, it seems to be. Uh, the social media aspect has really changed a lot of things. I've, I've been saying it for years. I call it the, the pussification of the American male. And, uh, you know, they're able to get on these, these computers and on these social devices, and they're doing all that stuff when they, they wouldn't be doing the jaw jacket in public because they're not going to do the face-to-face. But, boy, you get them behind a keyboard, and it's another thing entirely. And, uh, yeah. and, and that loss of... Uh, of oral interface, you know what I mean, has mm. changed things, and uh, and it's degraded, and it's allowed people to be degraded, um, and it allows them to stand behind a screen and not have to own up to their own words, right? Their own actions, their own responsibilities, you know. Mm. I, I think mean, another it, thing is too with people like that is they forget that um, on social media platforms, you're showing your face. That being said, there's some of us out here that got a photographic memory or someone we really want to punch in the face. So they may want to think about all that keyboard tough guy stuff because your ass can get checked in the Walmart checkout line. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen. Let's just there's say that. everywhere, D-Lo, but they ain't, they ain't in all places. <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely what right. What do you think uh, Tank draws that you know what what do you think the personality if you could sum it up in a few words or a couple bullet points would be the biker thought process and why do you think that thought process draws them into the motorcycle and community bullet pointed huh well I mean, uh, first of all, you know, when you're going to make a statement, say what you mean, mean what you say, uh, you know, and, and back your own words up. So be a man. And if you said it, you know, I mean, you know, don't don't back back off on it and start backtracking and taking eating those words. You know, you said it. You meant to say it. It came out. Be a man. <coughs> don't be a man first. Uh, Boy, I hope a couple of people are listening. Yeah. Oh, God. A couple. Couple right. million. <laughs> couple million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, again, uh, you know, smite with right. Like I said, it's not about it's not about what's 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 legal. You know what I mean? It's it's about what's right, what's morally right. Um, I you know, and bikers aren't necessarily worried about the law. 
I mean, look at it. There's, you know, there's 70,000 pages of laws in this country for crying out loud. And every single one of us is a scofflaw in the respect that we can't follow all those laws all the time. And I look at it this way. A lot of those laws were written when I wasn't around. So uh, I don't know if I necessarily have to abide by them. Now, I mean, does that mean I want to fly low under the radar? Hell yeah. But does that mean that I'm going to let that dictate whether or not I speak my mind or stand up for somebody when, when the time is right? No, that's not going to change things. Mm-hmm. Lastly, I want to circle around back to Pops. What did he teach you, not as a biker, but as a person? <laughs> How to be a better person? Be more accepting, you know, to, to, to calm down laugh laugh and love a lot more you know there's a you know you're always going to have time to get riled up over something but uh you know but pops is just like you know you know none of that's going to matter tomorrow you know let's let's deal with it right now and today i mean and all you're doing is when you're getting mad over some bs that's going on in the world all you're doing is just taking away from your own quality of life man you know and uh you know, you just got to you got to think, uh, you know, is this worth my time? Is this worth my time? Me, you know, me taking years off my life by getting all mad over something that I've got no control over anyway. You know, attitude is everything, man. I mean, there's 90 percent, you know, 10 percent what happens to you in life and 90 percent how you react to it. And that's what Pops taught me. That is beautiful, man. Those old guys. Right on, right on. Vietnam air generation, man, did they just think different. Yeah. It was awesome to be able to learn from them type of guys. BIC is well known in this area for doing huge amounts of community service. I think it's actually, you know, from my understanding, the backbone of your club and your purpose is to do community service. Oh, how, most definitely. Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel or give you incentive to participate in a club that is so community focused? Well, uh, Chop, you know, God rest his soul, you know, uh, he, uh, he died earlier, you know, last year, you know, in August of last year. Um, used to say, uh, you know, he'd get mad at some of the brothers who didn't want to necessarily put in the time into charity. And he used to say all the time, man, charity hurts. You know, meaning you got to give it yourself. I mean, we signed on to the club to be able to help the community out and help those in need. Um, and I think that's kind of a like a whole biker mentality. I mean, bikers give to more charities than people realize. Uh, your your everyday you know work a day biker white collar guy I mean I mean blue collar guy that's out there on the weekend he's going to a biker event and the guy's going to throw a hundred dollar bill in his pocket knowing that he is uh, he's going to be spending all that I have yet to see nine times out of ten if I see somebody win a fifty fifty raffle at a charity event they're giving the money back to the charity because you know what you're going to spend the money anyway you know I mean just put it back in the pot now. BIC, we uh, we do a lot in the community. You know, we, we our big run as we've talked about before, the strip poker run, where we give back to the uh, the Rock County uh, Domestic Survivor Center, Violent Survivor Center. We've been doing that for a while. Um, we've also got our annual toy drive that we do, where we uh, we take on 
uh, collect toys, collect a lot of money. And we take on four families every year and they provide us a wish list and we go out and make Christmas happen for them. And then we've got all the other toys and donations. We provide those to the Rock County Community Action Center. You know, we've done uh, we've done food drives. Uh, you know, we've done we've had people come up and, and we'll find out about an individual family that maybe had a fire in the house or a biker down and they need some help. And we'll, we've, you know, you know, at, at a drop of a hat, you know, okay, we got three weeks to plan this, let's do it. And then we'll, you know, get in there and so we got four or $5,000 to be able to help them out with medical bills or whatever they've got going on. Uh, one of the, one of the things too, uh, God, this is many, many years ago, we had a, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and a, a group of, uh, of bikers from some, uh, some men's organization, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like the Lions Club, but it wasn't the Lions Club. But they had said that they were going to make some kids day and uh, promised to the Make-A-Wish Foundation that this, you know, they were going to go and he wanted to see some bikers pull up his street. That's all he wanted to see before he died. He had, uh, you know, a, a debilitating brain uh, brain illness that was chronic. It was going away. And uh, <laughs> uh, we, we had, a, it was on a Sunday afternoon. I'm in the middle of dinner afternoon dinner and we get a phone call make a wish foundation and call us and they said hey man these guys backed out at the last minute this is this kid's opportunity next week he's flying to hawaii uh, for part of his make a wish thing we don't have any other opportunity to do this can you guys show up and make his day and uh hell yeah i mean i was you know in the middle i pushed the food away from me got in touch with a bunch of guys from the club we uh we reconnoitered the clubhouse boom suddenly we're out there in orfordville wisconsin pulling up to the kid's house and, uh, you know, letting him know when he's coming in and flying in. And, boy, boy he uh, a smile on his face, came out. He took pictures on all of our bikes. And I'll never forget it. I had one of my rings that was on this finger. And it was uh, live to ride, ride to live. I had it for years. And I took it off and gave it to him. And uh, I said, here you go, my man. This is from Tank. You hold on to this. And uh must have been about two years later, I ran into his mom. And his mom said, you know, uh, that ring meant so much to him when you gave it off your finger to him. And she said, we buried him with it on, on his wow. hand. And I was like, wow, I just got goosebumps telling that story again. So, you know, why do we do what we do, man? Because because we can, because we can give back to the community. And, uh, you know, altruism, you know, is a good thing. Giving back and, and giving of yourself to help your community is a good thing. Um and I've always been a big one to uh, to show bikers in the best possible light we can get, because uh, what's the old saying there? When we uh, when we do good, nobody cares. When we do wrong, nobody forgets. You know, and, right. and um, you know, it's, it's just part of BIC is what we do. It's that's who we are, man. Before I go around the table uh, to Carlos asking. Why are we such drawn to causes with kids like BACA, with uh, Bikers Against Child Abuse, uh, women's shelters? Talk about Zach. Zach. Oh, man. Yeah, Zach. That was Zach Olson, right? That was a big one. Um, his mom got in touch with us, and uh, she said that he wanted one of his wishes when he died was that he he wanted a, a biker he wanted bikers to be part of his funeral procession and she said well how about we do you know uh, bikers while you're still alive and uh it, we we the bic sort of came in on the tail end to help kind of organize the ride 
that was uh, organized by a good friend of mine. He's down here in Florida now, but he was an independent that did a lot of the, the original groundwork. And this was in March, uh, like 40 degrees out. We had bikers come from like five, six states. We have guys ride in, I mean, clubs. There was almost 800 people there. Um, we started out at uh, Happy Hollow, and we ended up over at the table in, in Afton. Now, they're only about a little less than two miles away. But we had so many bikers that by the time the pack got to, to Afton, uh, they were still leaving the parking lot at the other place. So we had, we had that, that <laughs> many awesome. come in, you know, and, uh, and Zach was out there in the wheelchair to check it all out. And, uh, you know, we, we made his day. Like some of the guys, they had, they had vests for him, some of these clubs that came in. The outpouring of people that, that showed up uh, to this has, has been phenomenal. And we, uh, we since now, that was three years ago, we've hosted that event the past two years. It's actually one of the events that I headed uh, last year, this past year, and then the year before. Um, Chop and I both did it together. And, uh, you know, uh, Miranda, his mom, she's still keeping it going strong. Um, he wants to, Zach's last wishes were that he wanted, uh, that every year when they did this event to raise money, and then there was a different cause that would, that would be able to help out first year. I think it was, uh, the Badger Cancer Network, Children's Cancer Network that was <coughs> the benef beneficiary of, and we still get a lot of bikers that show up to it. Um, in fact, I, I, one of the things I did is I, I make a custom fishing rod to auction off every year for it. And, uh, we got guys looking for it now, you know, I mean, <laughs> That, that alone raises a, several hundred dollars right there. So, oh, that is beautiful, man. Yeah, uh, I'm cool. go around the the table right now, and when we get back to you, Tank, uh, I really love your new platform idea of including everybody, uh, independent, whatever it may be, in your new podcast. Mm. So when we get back, we're, we'll talk about that, Carlos. Why do you think bikers are so so very uh, tight or drawn to a lot of kids' charities, a lot of kids' causes? I mean, it could be for certain reasons. Uh, luckily, I mean, I had my dad around, but a lot of my friends growing up, I saw what they went through not having that father figure around. Uh, myself, uh, I don't have, like, my own child. Uh, my old lady's uh, daughter, I love her to death, like my own. Uh, but a lot of times I always wanted to, each time I see kids like for adoption that need help, they're put in situations that's not their fault, right? These kids are innocent from birth, put in situations, have a hard, grew up really, really quick. I grew up really quick myself. I lived on my own through a high school uh, as a sophomore uh, in Miami. Uh, so I lived by myself for a while and I grew up pretty quick and I know a lot of children that grew up, never had a childhood. And uh, there's groups like uh, Garden of the Children here in San Antonio do a fantastic job. I mean, you have all these, uh, that's what, when I talk about motorcycle clubs, that's the clubs I like thinking about. And I want the majority of the, of these people on YouTube and out there to watch. There's thousands of clubs and do great things like Tank and his clubs do, um, great stories. And I, I don't know if it has to do with uh, background, but back to the content of being a man, you don't have to be tough to be a man. You don't have to be strong to be a man. You don't have to be beating everybody up to be a man. To be a man is to be brave enough 
to stand up for one people that can't stand up for themselves and what you think is right just because it's law i don't believe it's right sometimes and i'll stand up for something i believe in and if it's something it's just like tank says i'm the guy also at the grocery store someone's talking loud to a worker i step right in a lot of people nowadays are scared they're like they're all talk no bark and the, you see that a lot and then when someone stands up to them they get quiet um so i see myself as just a natural instinct i don't try to look for trouble but that's the person i am myself especially with children if, if kids are involved i get i mean i love hearing stories like this watching the the guarding the children i mean i those are things i really enjoy and it's a big subject to me itself but i think it's just something great in our in ourselves and i don't know if it's because we're still young boys in mind uh but i was the same way too and at school when the bullies i used to jump in with the kids and protect the kids that were getting bullied and uh so it's just something i myself relate to and it's hard to really pinpoint it and i don't want to be pointing at people's backgrounds cousins the way they got brought up but for some reason i mean i just think like tanks is just being a man that what my dad taught me coming up uh was responsibility uh of being a man and that just has to be with like they say the saying about superman superman was not brave right because he was indestructible other than the kryptonite but to be brave you can have fear you can be scared but if you stand your ground and speak up for what you believe in that becomes a man in my side right danny kids <laughs> are taught by tv and ha. Uh, Hollywood movies that they should be looking up to actors or they should be looking up to singers. But a lot of them you'll find looking up to a biker. What does a biker have that these other ones don't? Um, I think the main thing is, is we're real. You know what I mean? We're not, uh, we're not acting we are being ourselves um you know bikers as a whole for the most part nowadays it's it's um it's a little different but for the most part bikers we live our lives with integrity and honor and respect you know and and we've all been bullied one way or another whether it was by cops in high school and grammar school or whatever so we've been bullied in some type of way even by other clubs so that being said, we understand how it feels to be bullied. So if we see somebody bullying a kid or a woman or another man, naturally, because we live our lives with integrity and we're, we're just real people, we, we can't help ourselves. You know, we, we stand up for people. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's why kids and even adults, even grown ass men look up to us because we live our lives real you know what i'm saying we don't we don't sugarcoat it we don't bs it and uh you know we're willing to go that extra mile that most people aren't willing to go you mm -hmm. know whether it's to protect somebody or not i mean like i guarantee you like everybody on the show right here and i would like to think damn there anybody listening that's a bike period if we saw somebody hurting a child i, I don't think about i'm going to jail you know what I'm saying? That That's not even a thought. Like, even while I'm in jail, I don't care. I know I protected that kid, you know, and I'm willing to go 
to whatever level it takes to protect that child, that woman, you know, that person, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's always kind of just been ingrained in us. I think, man, I don't know how or why, but we just naturally defend people. It's just what we do. You know, we, we are like, uh, we're almost like a second national guard in America. You know what I mean? Right. Tank. I wish I could have had uh, back on here today. I didn't uh, catch them quick enough. But seeing some of their commercials or their stories come out of how they are helping these battered families from some evil people, in my opinion. How does it feel to see that kid smile and how they attach to that biker group or the representatives from that biker group? Hard to describe, you know. I mean, it just gets a warm, warm feeling in your heart. I mean, we've got uh, two of our members and uh, are from Baca, and we've got another prospect right now who's, uh, who's from Baca. Uh, so, you know, that's the type of guys that we attract as well. Um, you know, I mean, altruism is a cool thing. It really is. You know, and giving up yourself is is free. Um, I just want to add on to what Danny Delo was just saying. Uh, you know, when you're when you're in that situation, I've had people say to me before, "You you can't do that. I'll call cops on you." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know what? That's my business. Don't you worry about that. I'll worry about right. it." You right. Know? <laughs> And nine times out of ten, depending on the situation, the cops ain't going to do nothing about it because they agree with you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Usually the situation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you, now, BIC, do they do something with battered women's shelter you mentioned? Uh, yeah, the Beloit Domestic Violence Survivor Center. And so that's what our, our proceeds go to. You know, all the proceeds we take in from our strip poker run every year go to help out that. Uh, that You know, it's, it's amazing to me because – you know, that shelter in Beloit, what people don't realize is the, the families, the women and the kids that are referred to be into that shelter have to be referred from the emergency room. And um, there's a big, big gap of people out there that aren't necessarily in bad situations. They've been abused, but they're not necessarily in the emergency room. And so there's, there's that right. whole gray area gap that's got to be filled. Um, one of the things uh, I was part of this past summer after Chop died, one of the last projects Chop was working on, uh, excuse me, Chop was killed. Uh, one of the things, last projects he was working on that I, that I kind of took on myself was that we were looking to provide services for people to fill that gap, that gray area. And so we uh, we got in with a couple of people that, that uh, donated some things and helped raise some money. And we raised money and then went out and bought um we got a discount on hotel vouchers. So we got hotel vouchers for them so they can get in there. If they, uh, you know, and then food cards from, from uh, a local supermarket and then some Wendy's gifts cards. So if they needed some food right then and there to be able to eat, you know, eat, you know, right then and there. And these were for the people that were needed to get into the shelter. They weren't being referred to from an emergency room situation, but they needed help right away because let's face it, that stuff doesn't happen on a Tuesday night. It always seems to happen on that Friday night, that Saturday night, you know, on weekends when a lot of those services aren't open. And so, you know, that's a lot of time to have to wait for some local authority to come into play and open up back up, up again on Monday morning. And so Usually we, happens after the Packers lose. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Hold on here now. Hold on. Well, I had a tough loss today with my bucks, man. So. <laughs> wow. And you had to go there, D'Lo. All right? Right there, D'Lo. Right there. Hey, you, I might be I'll from Chicago, but I, I live oh, right no, up no, the no, road no, no. from you. We're not you. talking about that. We're not talking about that. I live right <laughs> up the road from you. I see it, man. I've seen yeah, these poor yeah, women yeah, getting yeah, beat yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> wild on twos. There's been in recent years a lot of groups that have popped up, like bull, you know, bikers against bullies, or you know, back or garden guardians of the children. What? Where do you think the shift came from? Where? these groups have become so strong and representative of the good that's in the biker scene. Well, I mean, over, I mean, for the past years, the scene has been changing in, um, for a lot of people, meaning in feeling some type of worth, something like we all want something bigger than ourselves. And same for me. I'm a huge dog lover. I actually wanted to do something like that. right. Bikers against dog abusers. Um, and I see a lot of people doing that because that's a real purpose that when we say um, our priorities and for our club, those are issues that people will do anything for. And it gives people a rhyme or reason to do rather than some clubs that might just bar hop. This gives, I see that there's a lot of people in clubs that they're in a club and maybe they don't, they don't get what they thought they were going to get. And that for me, that would be huge. I mean, I, I, I'll love to be part of something like that. And uh, to me, that's like something I'll do without being in the club. I help out We during Christmas. I do giveaways, fundraisers, I, anywhere, anything I can do. That's just me. Um, and I just think it's just the way that the club scene has changed and things are popping, popping off in regards to the types of members. I think it's just something more worth for some, uh, most of the bikers. And it's a great, great cause. Um, for them. I mean, it's huge, great cause. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't speak up for this children, for animals or victims uh, that we need. People like talking about and donating online all they want, but no one's there in the forefront. No one goes to the courthouse to look those guys or whoever the abusers are in the eyes and let them know and, and let the kids know that, hey, we're here with you. They're not going to touch you. They're not, you know, these kids are scared. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to donate $5 through uh, envelope or something. I'd rather donate my time uh, to be there in person for those kids. Uh, and that's just, like I said, that's just me. And that's my belief in that. One thing well, that uh, Tink uh, said, Danny, that really hit it with this whole charity thing was when there are 50-50s, it always goes back into the pot, always. And I think that it exemplifies a biker's heart or a motorcycle enthusiast's heart. Mm -hmm. Where do you think we're going to differ as far as, because bikers give and give and give hundreds of thousands of dollars each year to a whole wide range of charities but right. they carry this stigma with them has that stigma been going away in recent years um yes and no um you know 
I see a lot more people being more friendly towards us, but you know, there's, there's certain things that are just never going to change. And I don't even think I need to say what I'm talking about. We all know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to go there, but you know, as far as people in general, I'd say nowadays, because, you know, being a biker, it used to be something kind of sacred. It, it used to be kind of, um, you know, we had our own world, you know, and now, um, for whatever reasons, we've got so many uh, newcomers to the biker scene. Um, it's kind of opened up everybody's eyes that we're not all bad. You know what I mean? Um, but no matter what, you know, you're still going to have people that, you know, all their, you know, bikers are bad people. Ooh, they got patches on there. They're scary, big, bad guys, you know, and. I mean, we can we can give the charity all we want. We can do all these wonderful things that we all know that we do, but um, it's not always going to change everybody's minds on us. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I want to shift gears here. Uh, the first segment was bikers always protect the weak, and the second segment uh, I want to talk uh, to Tank for a second here. You got a new platform. Well, it seems like a new platform, new push, where you're going to be all inclusive. And I think that's a beautiful idea because most of us have a niche and stuff like that. But you're going out on the limb to include everybody. Can you tell us about that? And by the way, how was, uh, what's her name? She came down to see you in Florida, didn't she? Oh, that, that little lady, I got to tell you, anybody who's seen, uh, Megan from Meg's Motorcycle Journey. That camera does not do that little lady justice, let me tell you. I and bet. not only is she a nice looking lady, she is probably one of the coolest chicks I have ever met. Coolest chicks I've ever met. It was a it was a real good time. We we lucked out, man. It was a beautiful, beautiful day, 80 degrees, sunny. And uh, it was just uh, basically Megan, myself, and then cameraman, uh, Michael Michael Motorcycle, uh, who uh the three of us just kind of palling around in Bradenton. I met him up on the Sunshine, Sunshine Skyway Bridge. And we uh, we just kind of rode around and, you know, had some lunch and, uh, you know, rode, rode around and just enjoyed each other's company, shot the shit, uh, had a good time. She did, did the token handstand that she's known for, uh, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just what a down-to-earth lady. She really is. She's an entrepreneur. She uh, She's a, a, got her own law firm, you know. I mean, uh, you know. She's just not a pretty a pretty thing to look at. I mean, that's one formidable little woman. And I'll tell you what, she can ride. She can that's ride. Awesome. Nice. What's, What's her name again? Megan. Megan from Meg's Motorcycle Journey. You should really check her out. She's yeah. big on wow. Instagram and then and uh, big on YouTube too. But uh, getting back to the platform, you know, Hollywood, you you've been you've been with us from the start. You were the ones who actually pushed us to to start this journey. And we've uh, we've grown organically. I mean, Dirty and I, uh, we've tried to trace, stay true to ourselves this whole journey we've been on. Uh, you know, we've been basically just throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, you know, we did it with the Facebook page, and we grew that from a thousand people up to over sixty-five thousand. And then now, you know, here we are doing it with the podcast, kind of the same thing, growing organically. Um, you know, two years ago we were struggling to come up with content. We're struggling with 
who are we going to talk to? Uh, you know, we start interviewing our friends. We, uh, we just get together and just kind of, you know, shoot the shit between each other. And then uh, I tell you what, now we're, we're booked. We're booked out a month and a month at a time here now. And we've got people contacting us to come on the show. And we're trying to, to get, you know, get and talk to other people on platforms. You, uh, you know, we've had you on a couple of times um, and, and some independence, uh, a little project I've been working on right now. I've been working with a group called the, uh, the West Coast Florida Riders, which is a big, big social media group. Uh, probably about 6,500 people on their social media page, but they just get together and just have some fun and do some rides. And so I followed them to a little biker party today and boy, they made me feel right at home. They're pressing boobs up into my camera and, you know, just having a, having a, having a high old time. We're going to be a ride with them next Friday down to a bike night down in Northport. And then we're going to get the founder, uh, a guy named Lee Haggood, uh, on for a formal interview. And so we can talk about that because those independents outnumber the patch members by a substantial amount. And, uh, yeah, they do. They do. And you said it yourself. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's bikers, there's motorcycle enthusiasts, but this this world has a lot of different people on it. And that's yeah. what Dirty and I want to do is we want to give everybody their due and let them talk about their form of their biker lifestyle. Uh, so we're trying to push more content out. Uh, we're, if you've noticed, we probably had stuff come out every other day, just little videos, vignettes, things like that. Um, and that's our intention is to have the formal show where we still do you know, an, an hour, hour show a week, but then have these little three minute, four minute, 10 minute, 15 minute segments. Uh, you know, Dirty's uh, got some stuff he was doing. He did a little thing on concealed carry the other day. Um, you know, when we're, anytime we're going to fix a motorcycle, we're probably going to get in with the camera for about five minutes and, and show what we're doing. I kind of kicked myself uh, about a month ago. I, uh, the, the bike I've got down here is a victory. And as we know, the, the victory brand is not anymore. And so those bikes are worth more as parts than they are as a whole bike. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I ran into is uh, I, needed a, I needed a rear brake line. And uh, I'm like, ah, it's just a brake line. I'm not going to worry about it. And then I went and priced them out, and I'm like, suck my what? It was $250 for a little 18-inch brake line about that big. And it wasn't wow. even paying the price. It was even trying to find one. And, <laughs> hey, Tink, uh, real quick, I'm sorry to, to interrupt you. If you ever need parts, hit me up. I've got a victory guy here in Lake Geneva, All right, and cool. uh, and and he's usually got really good lines and hookups for everything. Sorry right to interrupt on. you. I just That's wanted to say before I forgot. And, and what I did was I was like, well, I think I can fix this thing for about thirty-five dollars, and so uh, I I made my own brake line for it. You know, went in there with a double flare tool, and you know, I mean, cut the thing up laying under the bike, you know, and double flared the end out, and got uh, some auto parts and pumped it together and got my own brake line run up to it. Boy, I tell you what, I've been running strong on that ever since. Kind of wish I had a camera to camera on me at that point in time to, you know. Yeah, that would have been cool. Show the whole thing. <laughs> so that's kind of the direction we're taking it in. And, you know, we're just still throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks, man. Well, I think that's, that's a awesome. idea that you're doing because uh, that is setting you apart. Uh, from the rest, because some are, you know, protocol channels. I got the news channel. Uh, you know, the news, I went to the whole scene instead of the club stuff, because uh, quite frankly, it gets depressing sometimes. Uh, but, You're telling uh, me. 
but I think it's real important for having the biker lifestyle podcast because you guys are down the earth. You're actually guys that I remember from my old club scene. It was, you didn't care. You were having fun. You were partying. You had tits everywhere where now it's a little more PC for my taste, but you guys actually remind me. You owe $20 to the swear jar. Right. Well, if you you remember Hollywood, uh, it it came out during the first podcast we had with you on that you and I had actually met uh, years ago before I was ever in the club when I was was with Abate. You you had that bar there in in Orfordville. Orfordville, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, one I turned into a swingers club upstairs. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cops didn't I, like me too much. No, you know, when like I had me. when I had the boys like over there, they wanted to close me down and stuff anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I am, I congratulate you and Dirty on that. That's uh just a fantastic freaking idea. Yeah, awesome job, guys. The, uh, interviews, man. Uh, I really do because I sit there, I watch, and now all we have to do is get these Roco people over to your damn YouTube channel. Cross platform <laughs> sucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, you look where we were two years ago and where we are now. You know, it's going to grow organically, and I think that's the best. Uh, you know, I mean, and definitely the quality of videos we're putting out there is much better. Our work right. is more consistent, and uh, and actually, uh, we don't have any copyright issues anymore. So maybe Denmark will start. you were banned in Denmark. You were banned in Denmark in the Netherlands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we high anyway. Uh, Car- oh, Carlos, uh, wild mush, wild on tubes. <laughs> Whatever you want to call me. How is important? It- as a creator that we're in this, that we start diversifying and telling the whole story instead of just concentrating on MC stuff. Huge. I mean, like I said, if you see any rally, any bike event, all the money that go, but 99% of the money that goes to these events that people pour in there are independents, uh, motorcycle enthusiasts. And you have to diversify yourselves in, in general uh, it opens the eyes. Like, trust me, there's more people that I think the more we're doing the shows like this, I've been noticing more uh, different viewers and they're, they always get an email here and there that they see us more like human. That's why I made that video about that. Bikers are human too. Right. Uh, they're, they, some people that never ridden motorcycles before now are trying out ride, ride motorcycles. Uh, my whole thing was originally to it. I like seeing growth, uh, just not just the motorcycle scene, but also, motorcycles in general uh going back to riding motorcycles and it keeps things good for us in general um but i mean i just think it's huge i mean a majority of the bikers uh, or motorcycle enthusiasts whatever you want to say like there's, there's so many avenues that it's not just what people pre- um stereotype of as so i mean I, I just like opening up and i think it's the biggest thing you can do especially for tank uh opening mm-hmm. things up for everybody because now you're just not stuck to this little cube, a little box. And then most people are going to always see, if you just do MC stuff, they're always going to see you the MC guy. You make a topic that's a badass topic on something else, you're not going to get much eyes on it. And uh, you guys have some great things that you want to put out to a lot, a lot of people. So, Wow, oh, they're doing, they're doing freaking perfect. Yeah. Uh, this is for Tank and Danny. Danny, you can go first. Motorcycle enthusiasts always are laughed at 
And in my opinion, they shouldn't be because that's the bulk of the lifestyle, especially if you go back in time where, you know, the manufacturers started their riding clubs. I'm talking all the way in the biggie and to sell their bikes. You know, a lot of people bash on AMAers, and there's some hardcore freaking AMA clubs out there, by the way. What aren't we, what aren't those people getting? What are, you know, do they feel like they got to pump themselves up by, you know, just using terminology? What are they not getting about a motorcycle enthusiast? You know, I've, so I'm sure all of us have been in clubhouses and be standing outside and you see a group of hog riders or something. And they ride past, and you hear these yahoos talking that BS, you know, oh, look at the wannabes, <laughs> wannabe bikers, blah, 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 you know. And to be really honest, the wannabe bikers now, in my eyes, are the club guys. Because the independent riders, hog chapters, whatever, they're riding their freaking motorcycles. They're out having fun with their brothers. They're out riding their motorcycles. They're going to different events. They're having a good time. And, you know, especially the new school guys, they don't really give two shits about what anybody really thinks of them, especially a club guy, you know, because um, they just don't care. They're, they're having fun. They're doing their thing. So, honestly, I, I almost kind of feel like it's almost jealousy in a way, you know, the club guys, you know, they don't ride their motorcycles much. And when they do, they're riding to another state and they're at a party and rah, rah, rah. Yeah, we're here. And, yeah. and then you turn around and you ride back. How many club guys do we know in the club world? I mean, honestly, that just get on their bike on a Sunday with a couple of their bros with no colors on and just go take a cruise, man. Go get lost. I mean, those were the true values of being a biker. It wasn't about wearing a patch. It was about riding your bike with your brothers and having a good time and not caring what society thought of us. That's what it was always supposed to be about. And to most of us old school guys, that's, that's still what it's about. You know, we, some of us, you know, me in Hollywood, especially, you know, we kind of got um, sucked into a certain lifestyle because it was just normal to us and we got comfortable with that honestly it's i can't i, can, I can't not sit, call it the way it is it's bullshit you know what i'm saying we got sucked into the bullshit thinking that this is what being a biker is about going to a bar sticking our chests out and letting everybody know we're here meanwhile you're watching motorcycle 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 room 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 Everybody's, you know, riding past you and you're still standing stagnant in the same spot. But those guys are fake. Are you are you sure? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that that's just the way I see it, man. You know, it, it, and I've watched for years, you know, you see, you know, I say hog riders, but I mean, there's so many different other groups out there. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I, I've watched them and I'm like, you know, those are the true bikers in my eyes nowadays 
You know, there's such a, a big line between being a biker now and you're just in a motorcycle club. You know what I mean? There's right. a difference now, you know? Tank, how are you in Dirty? What? How are you going to go about getting the motorcycle enthusiast side out to the public? Well, we've kind of been doing it up till now anyway. Um, can I... Can I address kind of what D'Lo was just talking about? Yeah, you go right, go right ahead, man. Go around the table. And I'm and I'm thinking, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying. What we're talking about are some generalities. We're generalizing here. Um, I know a lot of guys who are not in clubs that are probably some of the hardest riding people that I know. I know a lot of guys that are in clubs that are some of the hardest riding people I know. I know a lot of guys in my club are some of the hardest riding people that I know, myself included. Um, I, I ride every day. Like, I ride my bike back and forth between Wisconsin and Florida. Like, you talk about getting together and, and just going off to ride. I mean, you've just described half the people in my club and a lot of the people that aren't in clubs that I know in the Wisconsin area. Um, so, I mean, in terms of, you know, guys that aren't in clubs or guys that are in cl clubs, there's clowns everywhere. There's clowns in clubs. There's clowns that are that are not in clubs. You stand at any biker bar on any Sunday afternoon, and you're going to be able to cartoon on anybody as they come up. There's those guys that, you know, you'll look at him and go, I bet he's got the Harley socks. That's probably that guy who's probably uh, got the bike in there. He's, he's owned it for, for 12 years, and it's got, uh, you know, 8,000 miles on it. <laughs> you, know, you, you know the guy I'm talking about, man. Oh, yeah, we all see him. You know, so, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, you're generalizing. And so, just well, to put it all back. On I'm the saying, club. what I'm saying is, it's, it's not all clubs. I mean, you know, if if, say if that. club if club guys want to get butt hurt, that's on them. I don't really care. Um, facts are facts. You know, I mean, I'm talking the, the right. vast majority. You know, well, yeah, I know there's clubs like your club, and and every club's got the hardcore riders. You know what I'm saying? But if you got thirty guys in your club. And only three of you really ride like the way you ride, like Florida back and all that. I mean, am I really wrong? <laughs> you know I'm, saying? I'm not saying you're wrong. So, I'm just saying that you're you're generalizing. That's what I was saying. Well, I'm, I'm just... Here's a, a question for the, the whole table and start with you, Tang. How can we start highlighting women riders in our content like Meg or Meg? I, you know, you got to just get up and talk to them, and also we have to show them some respect. Uh, there's there's a girl that uh, she's in that uh, uh, it's not leather and lace, uh, but there's another another woman's riding club uh, that's in the Wisconsin area. They're all over America, and this is stilettos too. Stilettos on steel. Thank you very much. Yeah, in that's fact, we, we, we had we had that club on on the show, and uh, this this little lady can ride, man. She. Uh, Right. Well, I mean, you have, um, I mean, you have co-ed clubs, uh, LAMA, right? Latin America Motorcycle Association. Here in San yeah. Antonio, the president of San Antonio chapter is a woman. I see. I never met her in person, but I seen her, and she's bad. I mean, they look badass. I mean, she knows her shit, uh, and that's a hell of a club, you know, of a motorcycle association. So there's got to be like a hell that. of a church. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not talking about you know. <laughs> 
I'm talking about the individual female rider because they've oh, yeah. become, I think, about 10% now, where it used to be the only <laughs> thing was a butcher or something in the 90s. It's, but they have really started to drive it's the largest. It's the largest growth segment in motorcycling as we stand right now. Yeah, our new female. And ride. they're not, and they're not just riding the the you know little sportsters and shit. I mean, Ooh. they're on road glides, street glides. Yes, sir. You know the victories and all that. That's why I did the the woman biker video that I just put out this morning. You know, I was like, you know, we talk about all this stuff. Well, I should say I talk about you know this and that, but like, there's not a lot of guys out here that are doing what we do that are really giving the credit towards the women, you know, I mean, they've come a long way, you know, that they've, they've gotten their independence in the biker world and they're riding their own motorcycles. And, and I mean, shit, like, like we just mentioned stiletto on and steel or whatever. Um, um, you know, I've met a, a few of them girls and they're freaking awesome. Um, I even told a story in my video this morning, you know, I was out riding one night, and um, I got caught at a red light. This chick pulled up next to me on a badass road glide. We started talking. We pulled over. We talked for a few minutes. She's like, hey, why don't you come down to the clubhouse? And I'm like, what clubhouse? And I'm not going to say what club it was, but she told me what club. And I, and I went, we rode out to Milwaukee together. And uh, I hung out with these chicks, man. And it was like 15 chicks and me. And, uh, you know, a, a guy's, every guy's dream, right? But um, I had a blast, you know what I'm saying? And, and I didn't feel no different hanging out with them than I would with a group of dudes. You know what I'm saying? They were cool. They were down. You know, we talked about life. You know, they were cool as hell, man. So I think uh, the women rider nowadays deserves a lot more credit than they get, you know? Why do you think, Carlos, uh, that women riders get so much hostility? Well, it's just... I don't know. I, I just think it's just something mind uh, something brought up from years ago that people treated women like uh, they weren't as smart as men, uh, couldn't run businesses like men, can't ride like. It's always. I mean, they're them their own people. There is a women's motorcycle club that was riding with a big one percent club in California back in the day and got a lot of respect from that club. And uh, I, I just. I think it's a lot of jealousy and uh, a cheese thing that they think that women can't do anything better than, than them for some reason. Yeah. It's a dominance thing. It, it's a dominance thing. And tr I seen yeah. a lot of women, trust me uh, down here in uh, Texas in the hill country, we got the twisted sisters and I see these ladies on road glides, just taking these turns <laughs> flying. And the guy yeah. behind him is like, you know, just nervous. <laughs> um, and I'm stuck behind that guy. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just a stereotype, just like people stereotype bikers, people stereotype anybody. And there's all these yeah. stereotypes about women. But then when you actually see it and you see like, man, they ride it just like anybody else, uh, better than some of the guys. I mean, I don't like I don't like putting anyone as a, a woman biker, man biker. Right. Mine is like if you're a biker, they're a biker. Um, if you're a rider, they're a rider. I mean, and that's the big difference, too, between a motorcycle enthusiast. I can be at a bar and have a conversation about bikes, history. A lot of club uh, club members don't know, not generalizing, right? But, I mean, I've been to around that a lot of guys in clubs don't know much about bikes at all. Um, more, I think more in the past five years, I noticed that. It's yeah. more like the old school guys know a lot about a lot of old bikes, uh, parts, and will help you, you know, wrench your bike. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the new school, I, I try to talk bike, and I'm not the greatest, trust me. I'm not, I know a little bit about bikes. 
And I just love learning from these gray beards. And when I try to talk to other guys from other clubs, uh, it was pretty funny. There was a girl who stepped right in and just started talking to me about the bikes, tell me the history of this bike. And the guy was just of his bike. And the guy didn't know anything about the bike itself. You know, he just bought the Harley and bought the Harley. And of course, you know, the yeah. to the shop. And but it was, I don't know if it's just like uh, Danny Delo says, it's a dominance thing. Uh, well, I want to shift another gear here, Tank. What do you think we need to bring back to the lifestyle? And I'm not talking about, you know, this or that, I'm talking about events, events like the hill climbs that when we were. A little younger were happening all the time. They were a weekend event. It was nothing but a big camp out party. Uh, a lot of them thrown on by the AMA. And then you have flat track that's finally coming back in popularity. Uh, and then, of course, the baggers uh, circuit, they were going to put it on for one year. Now they continued it at the three or four years now. What, do you, what events or what kind of... Uh, stuff that we're missing from when we came in today that should come back uh well i mean you just mentioned two of the big ones the hill climbing and the flat track uh but you know there's a big event that goes on in wisconsin every year called the the uh the mud run are you familiar with the mud run oh and, yeah and that was actually really, i'm not <laughs> uh, really really cool because it, it's a real a, biker <laughs> well, I got to generalize, damn it! <laughs> damn, guys, come on now. Fucking brings up the Packers, and now this, give it a rest, Dilo, huh? <laughs> but uh, no, the mud, the mud run's pretty cool because you got guys with uh, a lot of the old cafe racers, a lot of the old school bikes. I mean, if you can get rid of that stigma, I mean, everybody wants a new bike. Who wouldn't want a new bike, man? But I, I love these guys that have those old school. Honda CB750 that he's, he's customized out himself. Or yeah, some those guy, are cool. Some guy's taking an old, you know, Yamaha, you know, inline triple, and he's chopped it out. You know, somebody's just got an old school, you know, 72 Sportster, and he's riding Goofy Foot. You know, I mean, I'd love to get back to a lot of that that old style. Like uh, one of the, you know, one of the things would be like a an event where you know you can't have a motorcycle <laughs> that that was made, you know, after 1980. You know that, or something like that. That'd, right. that'd be pretty cool. You know, uh, I've got a friend of mine. The old, the oldest motorcycle he owns, or well, the youngest, I should say, is uh, is um, a 1978 shovelhead. But one of the things, a uh, riding club that I was with years ago when I first started into this world, um, they used to do what they called lubins, and uh, the lubin. <laughs> They call it a lube-in, right? And it's not what you think. <laughs> I've been to You're many not about the hand motion. You I'm, came back. No, no, no. Because you're midgets already. And, and they'd, <laughs> they'd, they'd get together in a garage on, on uh, like one Sunday a month, and they'd put their bikes up on lift, and they'd teach each other things on on what to do, and the younger guys and teach them how to change their oil and teach them how to, you know, how to uh, uh, tune the spokes on an old uh, an old lace wheel. You know things like that. I mean, a lot oh of my god, that's a lost art. It is a lost art. I I know how to do it. Do um, you? That's I do. Cool. I do. I do. It's, Very you know, cool. That's one thing well, I definitely tank, don't know. Well, tank. Uh, another good thing that Harley's doing right now, we actually covered, was they're getting together with kids at shop. You know, welding and all that, and they're doing uh, the king of uh, the Harley or whatever uh, contest every year. Hmm. That's, That's cool. cool. I didn't even hear about that. 
Yeah, they do. We covered it. Man, once. I don't hear nothing. Because <laughs> you're in a hole. Living in that uh, lake, tourist you and area, man. You and Toad. Oh, that's God. Good. That's payback, isn't it, Tank? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <Any details. laughs> now, Tank, you're, uh, you're based out of Wisconsin and up north, you know, by the Ashland area and stuff like that. They got ice track racing. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. ever been something like that? I, I have I've seen it. Uh, on a side note, I think his name's Ryan Sushek. Yeah, uh, he, he owns the, uh, the 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 bargain bar, war famous bargain, bargain bar, in yeah. in Edgerton. Like, and anybody, anybody you're looking for a like a Harley part, like just got to go to this basement of this place. And uh, I mean, you'll go in there for one part, and you'll come out with ten other parts for some other project. You won't find what the hell you went in there for. Very you'll, true. You'll find something. And Ryan, Ryan's got a, a prosthesis. He's missing a leg. And this guy gets out there. He holds the world record for pull, uh, pulling the longest wheelie on ice. And uh, every year he goes up on Lake Koshkanong and he breaks that record. Well, you know that guy's I'm been looking. all over the world doing tricks on. Oh, uh, well, he on, just uh, brought up Koshkanong. Rockets. They got some yeah. fishing up there. It's only seven feet deep, but yeah, hey, they yeah. got fish up there. Well, <laughs> seven feet of water and four feet of muck. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember watching Ryan. He was at a bike show we had in Janesville, and he was doing all that trick ride around in the in the uh, in the parking lot. And he he just kind of bit it and lost it on a turn, and went down on the bike, and his and his false leg had come <laughs> off and shot out. So a bunch of us knew that he, that he had a fake leg, and we're like, "Oh my God, his leg ripped off!" And everybody was. Kind of <laughs> Hey, Carlos, what about what Shaggy said about the lost art of going to get a 12-pack, throwing on oh, some skin, yeah. and working in a garage and just telling all kinds of lies that how you did this woman or did that woman, just sitting there and making the original bond that really what brought a lot of bikers together. I believe no, I, it might be missing now. No, I think that's that's... That's huge. I mean, like my bike. I mean, I got a. I like. I love old stuff. As you know, lately, I mean, I have. We got the 1964 uh, Chevy uh, Corvair, a 60 MGA. And I got 89. I got. I like old stuff, right? And, but I got the 2020 Road Glide. But anything I I did on it, I tried to do the work myself with my buddy uh, Cowboy. He's more inclined than I am. But just sitting in his garage, wrenching on our bike, uh, taking everything apart, taking our time. I mean, we were there. Anyone else professional would be done. In an hour or two, we were there probably like eight hours, shooting the shit, taking breaks, drinking, uh, and those were the times. <laughs> just like a ride with your brothers, the journey, and that's what's taught to me because I was more about hauling ass, getting somewhere, doing something quick. But it's the journey, not the destination. Same thing, uh, like what Tank was saying, just learning little things from somebody in the garage. I mean, you get a connection and a bond that you don't get by just dropping a bike off at a at a mechanic and picking it up and uh, showing off your toys. Uh, yeah. it, it is a lost art. Tell you what, one of the things I learned from an old school guy who, uh, the same guy, you know, he said the newest motorcycle he owns is a 78 shovelhead. And uh, he's got two sets of O-rings for his bike. And he's got the one on the bike, and then he's got the one that he keeps in the freezer. Because uh, he, 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 he'll switch back and forth between them because you put them back in the freezer and they like they read they can you know when yeah. they start to get all stretched out and they sort of constrict back up and up again you know and that was one of the little tricks I learned another one was on uh, 
your friction plates for your, your clutch. You know, some of these old bikes he has, he can't even find the friction plates anymore. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? What well, starts to get worn out? And he's like, I do this. And he picked it up out of his garage and uh, he put it down on his garage floor and went and scrape it all on the garage floor and then cleaned it up, put it back in the little bin of oil. I said, yep, good as new. <laughs> well, Tank, uh, we got, uh, let's see here, Dirtbag Biker, wrenching on your own is missing. I totally agree. Uh, agree. And then again, uh, he's been watching on Roku. Yeah, yeah, he interacts a lot with us, too, on Instagram, Dirtbag Biker does. So, hey, thanks, man. Thanks, Rock thanks, thanks for watching. Do you think, Danny, the new technology has kind of broke the back of sitting in the garage, or is that just... Yes, a- yes, it has. I mean, it, 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 you know, it used to be all you needed was wrenches. Now you need a laptop. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's it's a big difference. And, and now, you know... That's why I stay away from the new stuff. Like like Tank had, uh, had said earlier, um, you know, who wouldn't want a new bike? Um, I, I actually absolutely wouldn't. I, I refuse it. I, I could have I bought a newer bike, but I bought an old 5 Electric Glide that was carbureted because I know I can work on that on the side of the road anytime I need to when I'm broke down. I don't have to have a laptop. I don't have to retune it. When I rebuild the motor, I don't have to do any of that. So yeah, it it has taken a lot of that out, you know, and a lot of the old Scott, old school guys, I mean, myself included, you know, I mean, you know who my mentor is, uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, you know, my brother Red has taught me everything I know about, you know, uh, motorcycles and, um, and we still practice the old school tradition every now and then we, we'll, we'll just, you know, accidentally start hanging out in the shop and he's working on a bike. I'll help him. I'll learn from him. You know, sometimes he asks me questions now, which is like the best day of my life when he asks me a question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, holy shit, Red just asked me about that. What? What? So, I mean, you know, I still practice that. You know, we still hang out on Sundays and wrench on bikes. And, you know, in the springtime, we we, we kind of, we don't call it that. We never planned it, but we still kind of have our own update. You know, we're changing our oil on our bikes and wiping them down and putting new plugs in and cleaning the carbs and, you know, doing that stuff, you know. So, I mean, yeah, it it definitely, you know, the new bikes definitely took a lot of that legacy out of our, uh, out of our history, man, because, I mean, you can't work on these new bikes without a laptop, straight up. Like, you're not going to add a set of cams and, and just, you know, put them in and 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 go you know what i mean you, you got to hook up your laptop you got to tune it you got to do this and that and it's just it's not as fun as it used to be yeah. well tank uh before I go be. carlos uh there's a shop on 51 and uh, i think it's important for people to understand just how rare independent shops are now because they don't get it out of their head you don't have to go to harley to fix a damn bike but you know which one I'm talking about on 51 over on the right hand side uh, or on the left if you're going into right, right by that uh, drive in there. Yeah. Yeah. Impact. Impact. He's still doing it. Uh, he worked on my bike uh, a couple of times. But you brought up the old 750s, the CB 750s. 
and they were legendary in the 70s. Actually, you want to see the best-looking 750 chopper, man? Just watch any which way you can with Clint Eastwood, freaking the Black Widow uh, leader. Yeah, man. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. They were a clean slate. There's a lot of good aftermarket parts you can still buy for those things, too. And whole, they were cottage, whole cottage industry for it, you know? And they're cheap to build, too. Yeah. Wild on 2, what do you think is missing as far as our school system teaching fabrication teaching oh. welding well when i was growing up we actually had like shop classes uh that's how i learned to like change the oil work on a car and we actually had little bikes there and stuff uh but that's i mean labor it's a lot is getting a lost art and they're actually getting paid pretty freaking well uh and I think the one of the problems I was going to say, Dan Delo, with with bikes is the society right now. We work more than we're home. We work more than any other country. Uh, we're working like as people are just fascinated about trying to get as much money as they can. That mm-hmm. the time for them to kind of just stop, sit back and wrench on your own bike, it, it causes people stress. Like, oh, my bike's down. It's going to be down for a week or so. Instead of being thinking, well, now I get some time an hour a day of working on my bike someone like me i ride my bike daily to work even though i have all those cars I, my bike my bike's my daily driver uh but i think just people are so stressed and rushing their brains now in this society that we don't take the time just to actually like they say smell the roses and uh do something for ourselves and if wrenching is a good stress yeah. for a lot of people i think we're just get it we want things quick it's the same thing as going to club right people want to get patched quick we want to get it quick we don't want to put the work in but we want it. And then we get mad right. that we didn't get it, but then we don't get mad that we didn't try hard enough. So. Right. No. Mm. Well, that, I think, that is a problem with society now. Every Everybody's in a rush. I and think and everybody's trying to make a million dollars, and they forget that you can make a million dollars today, but when you die tomorrow, you didn't die a millionaire. You just plain old freaking died. Yeah. So you need to yeah. enjoy yourself instead of working your whole life away. You know what I mean? I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with having goals. You know what I'm saying? We all want goals. We all want better things. But, you know, I, I, there's something that came to my mind. I'm just going to tell it real quick. So a while back, I was just cruising around one night, and I saw a horrific car accident in Milwaukee. And no doubt about it, whoever was driving, they ain't, they ain't here no more. And when I, when I drove past, I looked over. They had the blanket over the body. The car was just completely mangled. And I was like, damn, man, that's horrible. You know, rest in peace, whoever you are. God bless, right? I went to go do what I was doing. An hour later, I drove past that spot, and it was like nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. And it made me think. I'm like, you know, you really only have an hour in life to live. You know what I'm saying? I mean... That guy, he had a nice car, he had a nice house, he had jewelry, he had nice clothes, he had a woman, you know, he, you know, he might have had a business, he could have been, you know, he worked every day to get a boat, to get a four-wheeler, to get a motorcycle, to get a hot rod, to get a lowrider, whatever it is, right? He did all that shit, and it's gone in one hour. You know what I'm saying? You don't get to take none of that with you. So you need to slow your ass down and live your life a little bit instead of just focusing on making that million dollars at the end of the year, you know? Well, final thoughts. Uh, we'll go around uh, with Tank. Uh, 
your thoughts on what we talked about today, uh, what you got coming up as far as interviews, all that good stuff. Uh, good conversation. You know, it's nice we keep it down to just the four of us. It makes it a little easier to <laughs> to get in. You know, we're not sitting there like the Brady Bunch, you know, and you're you're sitting back. <laughs> Alice, hey, I thought about center. that earlier. <laughs> you know, right, right. <laughs> Uh, nothing against you, BD. We love you, man. But it's you know uh, he does a great job over there. We uh, but uh, no, no, it's been really good. We've had a lot of good information, good conversation coming out. And uh, everybody, look for it, look for it tomorrow. We've got uh, J Man Rooney. We did a interview with him. J Man's got his own channel on YouTube, and uh, he kind of does his own thing. He's a pretty cool guy. From uh, he's from one of the independent writers. Yeah, he's yep. a great. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's a, an awesome dude. Yeah, we got a good interview with him coming out. And uh, watch out this next week. We've got I've got some of the stuff with Meg coming out, and I'm going to have a few uh, a few little vignettes of uh, leading up to the West, the West Coast Florida Riders gig we've got going on. And then look for us at Daytona. We're going to be up there this year. Nice. Okay. Well, I know uh, everybody on Roku. Would you please come over to YouTube if you're watching this? <laughs> uh, Wild on twos. Go for it. Well, I mean. Uh... For my show, everybody can catch me on Thursdays, and of course we have this Sunday. I'm really bad about throwing promoting my shows, uh, but just piggybacking off Dan, what Dan and Delo said, I always say it was from a movie too. And then when you have Shakespeare and Hamlet, uh, the Grim Reaper told Hamlet, "The day that you're born, I started working. So the day that you're born, you're already starting to die. Every day, you one step closer. We live on borrowed time. Uh, yep. Just enjoy life, save enough, just to make sure that you're good." Uh, the Egyptians learned the hard way that you can't take it with you because other people are going to steal your shit when you're dead. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, and, and that's like a, what we talk about kids. And just take the time of your, your time, whatever time you can. And to me, it's worth helping out the children, helping out people that can't help themselves. Trust me, it could always be better, but it could be a lot freaking worse for us. Uh, I think we're blessed to be right now doing this. People in the comment section uh, with technology, and so, I mean, each time I think my life is sucking ass, I go, trust me, it can be way worse. And uh, there's a lot of people that are, I mean, in horrible, horrible um, positions. And I think it's great that uh, Tank and there's organizations and people helping out the children and uh, anybody from domestic violence. So. Danny, you're fine right there, man. Um. I don't really have any final thoughts. I think I enjoyed the show. Uh, we covered a lot of bases. Um, as far as my show, Danny D'Lo Biker TV, um, I don't have a set schedule yet. Sorry, guys. I'm kind of uh, working on that. Hollywood's probably going to kick me and, and my culo and, yeah. and get me uh, – and get get me straight here. Yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, I haven't said shit to Ruko either for him, so I got to get on that too. Well, yeah. the biggest show we have on Ruko, and I'm actually uh, putting up their newer stuff, is uh, they're really a hit on Roko. So we got to get the newer stuff up on there because uh, we're rotating now on Roko. But uh, one thing I want you guys to uh, know about enjoying life and stuff is think again and send your thoughts out to uh, the BIC on the loss of Pops. I think he really showed what it was to live a life, you know, really showed what it, I only met him once or twice, uh, but just from hearing what Tank had to say about him, 
go over there and shake the hands of a Vietnam uh, air biker, man, because we're losing them now. We're, we, we really are. Yeah. So, anyway, guys, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back on, uh, well, we'll be streaming, but uh, Wild On 2 will be doing the mainstream next week. Hey, with buddy. The, uh, interview. Uh, Danny needs to get his, uh, you know, Kulo and gear, getting his stuff on, and make sure you guys. Do you have a really laptop yet? Uh huh. Do you have a laptop, Dito? Nope. Come on, man. Make sure you guys Walmart, really get over to uh, wow. Wow. Biker Lifestyle Podcast because they are really got a great idea, and it's their own niche about showing everything that's going yeah, on. That's that's here. awesome what them what they're doing. That's a badass thing. And look yeah. for Meg and all that uh, this week because she is hot. I don't know how he <laughs> freaking kept his freaking teepee down. She anyway, guys. Ugly ass, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Great uh, conversation today. Uh, we'll see you next time. Talk Peace to you later. Later, thanks.